you're outwardly doing away with racism while inwardly still keeping it alive and well. To me, that's my so, definition of systematic racism. There you go. Right. That's what I argue against. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think our people in general, human society needs to wake up to the agenda because the agenda is bad either way, right or left, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. If mm-hmm. you have people that are getting wealthy off of division and you also have people that are mooching off of people that are trying to build wealth, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I think I think black people in general need to realize you have more enemies than you think. And white people in general need to realize you have less allies than you think. Oh, there's the quote. Oh. There's the quote. <laughs> there's the intro clip for the, for the podcast. Yeah. That's why I came here. That's why yeah. I came today. Hey. No doubt. Yeah, bars. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories and testimonies, real church talk. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. All right, guys, welcome back to Acts 2 and 42 podcast. And if you caught the last one, we have uh, Rashad with us still. Uh, Rashad Matthews, what's going on, man? We got T, we got Sheree. What's up, guys? How are you? So you guys want to want to dive into to the stats and whatnot? The stats. Yeah, the stats. The stats is the end all by all, right? It's the law. Right. It can't be. It can't be. It can't be possibly be wrong or altered. I've got a stat. I can right. prove it. Yeah. I got stat, stats on yeah. stats on stats. Right. Right. <laughs> and honestly, Kevin, you know, I man, Kevin I agree with stats everywhere. <laughs> I agree with uh. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear soon why we're kind of poking fun. Um, but anyone that knows me knows, and I, uh, Rashad, I told you this, you know, off air that, you know, I, I, I yield more to empirical, which would be stats, you know? Um, but there's, there's still a healthy dose of reality when it comes to stats. But, um, for anyone that hasn't heard the saying, I think it's, it's fair to hear if you're, you know, talking about stats and it's that, um, stats never lie and people that use stats lie. <laughs> so yeah, stats don't lie, but liars use stats. Yeah. Liars use stats. Um, so, uh, with that being said, I do, I definitely want to set up another podcast with you guys where we can talk about the empirical, the anecdotal and the theoretical, um, because we, whether you know it or not to the audience, whether you know it or not, we things that we say, the way we view things and what is the determining factor of what we what we call reality, what we call true is normally coming from one of those areas. You know, arguments made from one of those areas. And it's important to understand them because it's it helps. It's a better compass to get you to what is real. You know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So does that sound like something you guys want to do. Definitely. I think availability, what he's speaking to is availability heuristics. And it's one of the most important arguments, I think, to understand, like what you what you have at your hands, your disposal, the cards you're dealt is not your reality, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that's important to to definitely go into. Right. Cool. Cool. Let's set that up. Um, Well, look, let me jump right in and play the clip. Let's play the clip where they start talking about stats. And then what we're going to do is. um is try to properly, the first thing I want to do is try to properly articulate, you know, both the mom's position and the stat and the daughter's position and her stat. And, and let's, you know, compare the two and have a conversation and, uh, you know, go from there. Just give me the statistic. In 2017, 457 white people were shot to death by the police in the United States. Okay. 223 were black. 76% of the population is white. 13% is black. 
if if they were being killed at the exact same rate by police officers, the rate of black people being killed would be 8.9. But it's not. It's 24%. The rate of white people being killed should be about where it is. So they're being killed at a higher rate. There's more white people, meaning that the amount of people killed by cops who are white would be higher. The mom says four, 457 whites were shot and killed by the police. 223 blacks, right? Um, was, that, was that the stat? Which, you know, for the mom, yeah, it's two-thirds white and a third black. So, so almost twice as many um, for face value. Um, but then the daughter, I think, makes a fair counter argument, which is saying, mom, take into account population, which I do want to give her kudos for mm -hmm. actually being prepared and having a rebuttal. You know, what I mean, <laughs> that, that most kids her age, you know, may not. You know, I, I was actually kind of shocked. Have a rebuttal. Right. <laughs> so she was ready for the stat and she says, well, you have to take in consideration population, which is 76 percent white and 13 percent black, which, you know, it should be what, eight, eight point nine percent. Is, is the rate if it was equal to whites, if it was the same, which it's more like 24%. To me, it's, it goes back to we make an argument trying to, to explain the Bible without a concordance, without <laughs> knowledge of the history, without any, any other empirical source that would make and authenticate the Bible without an exegesis, <clears throat> right? Is that what it's called? Exegesis, yeah, yeah. right? It's it's not going to be critical, right? It's just going to mm -hmm. be um, pieces flying around, and I th I think we throw it all out. Um, the stats that they're referring to come from uh, amalgamation, as T would say, with those big words, amalgamation of uh, My God. reference points, mm -hmm. right? So there's the National Use of Force Data Collection that the FBI initiated back in 2015, went live in 2017, and they only literally started collecting the data in 2019. Right. You just need to be aware that there are seven, a little more than close to 18,000 law enforcement agencies. So 17,985, I believe. Um, and the only ones that are reporting to this are 6,700. Mm -hmm. So that's nearly 40, for, nearly 40 percent of the agencies that contribute to the data. By the way, the data is not mandated. Right. And the um, committee that oversees that are all law enforcement. So there is a conflict of interest there. There is mm -hmm. not a third party to monitor that information. And you just see these numbers populated and people referencing these uh, data points, and they don't realize how much goes into it. Right. And by the way, national use of uh, force data is just one piece of the data you can draw from. It's not holistic. So, so, so with that being said, definitely some, some valid points and important things to consider that many of us don't know in general. Um, but with that being said, Rashad, um, what do you what do you do with the stats then? Now, if you were to just use that for the 40 percent representation that I mentioned, because not all law enforcement are um, mm -hmm. involved. Right? right. Then you would have to try to drill deeper and get more specific and say, all right, mm -hmm. where is this 40 percent happening? Is it in Chicago? <clears throat> right? right. Is it in Arizona? <clears throat> where, where is it happening more? And then you got to figure out using medical uh, release data. You know, what exactly was the cause of death in these situations when it's police shootings? Who, like who actually got killed? What happened? Were they shooting guns back at the police? Were they unarmed? Right. Mm -hmm. you know, it gets much more. You got to really, really delve into it and get into the meats and potato or separate the meats from the potato. Whatever you say. How, how do you yeah, say yeah. that? I like both of those. Yeah. You like yeah. but meat and potatoes? <laughs> both, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just mix them all up. No yeah. doubt. I, I, I have a. Michelle. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, T. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with the framing of it all. 
Um, because for one, to simply say 457 whites and 200 something blacks, that's so general. Like, you're not telling me if this is unarmed, if there was um, force reciprocated, you know, uh, they're responding mm-hmm. to force. There's a lot here that's missing, right. you know. So to simply throw that out and then for the daughter to respond in a manner that makes it seem like there's a certain amount that should be killed. You know, the way yeah. she's speaking is like, well, this should be the rape, which is weird because you're assuming that all interactions are the same. That's and not, therefore, that's because point. all interactions yeah. are the same, then at this rate, this many people should be dying, which is a weird, it's a, it's a weird conclusion to draw. It's a weird stance that to have, you know, that there should be this amount of people killed. And when the mother was, when the mother initially states that there were 457 whites killed, the daughter's response was apathetic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a whole lot here. That's, that- that's why I feel like they intellectualize our experience. And that's the, the problem I have. I've, mm-hmm. To your point, that's what it feels like, you know, mm-hmm. teaching a dance, teaching a TikTok dance. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Rashad, I was interested to know what you thought, because you said you had a beef with both um, both their comments, uh, with the mother's stats. And with the daughter's rationale, what was your beef with the daughter's rationale? She's not accurately responding to this to 2017 stat. She's assuming there's a false assumption called false composition, mm-hmm. which is you assume, again, I think I talked about it earlier, you assume something's true for the whole uh, just because mm-hmm. a part of it is true. And so you can't make that comparison because we don't have the full picture. Like, so if you were, if we were to do one to one 2017 data, I don't have the stats. Mm-hmm. She would have to go back to 2017 and say, this is definitively, to T's point, all of these circumstances that happen, right? This is the number. So this is definitely per capita, the comparison juxtaposed with what the mother said. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. We can't do that because it's not full. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, do you, would you say that, because I remember you said we have to look at where the data comes from. Mm-hmm. Would you say that... Um, and, and, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm getting ready to ask the question, but it's like utterly speculation. Like, all right, so let's say we have 40% of the data. So we can't represent, I'll at least say this, we can't represent or try to suppose what's happening on a national level. But we can right. at mm-hmm. least, like you said, isolate it to the places that are reporting data. And right. like, for instance, uh, Ferguson, that was a, a, a main place of issue. So if we right. collect data that actually was reported from the local community there, from local police enforcement, that may show a pattern in that area. Would that be right. fair? Right. Okay. I don't think we can, ma- we're not at a level we can macro anything. We're right. going to have to look at everything isolated. Yeah. That's basically my gripe for both the mother and the daughter, you know? Okay. I, I think it'd be very different if, like, like an example, like I just gave, or if we had data for, say, you know, major cities, you know, uh, and then you can do, again, not macro on a national level, but like sub like regions, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you'd have to isolate them down to areas that you actually have. Uh, does that make sense? I don't know. It does. I think even that takes a level of dependence on the validity of the reports, you know, oh, on the, um, on the, on the honesty of the reports. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, you got 40% who's given reports. Now we also know like there are with, with certain crimes and complaints, against police officers. It's the precinct which investigates. 
It's other cops, <laughs> you know, which investigate their own. Don't worry, guys. We'll look into this. We'll, we'll tell the we'll truth. We'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> we'll tell the truth. And then yeah, meanwhile, so, and that's what, like, to, to kind of interject for a second, but I think that's where, instead of defund the police, that's where, I think we were at a valid moment where you had everyone on board for realistic police reform. And I feel yes. like a, a Molotov cocktail was thrown in the middle of a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And now it's yes. turned into, because, like, the... uh the the basically the I'll say almost gangs the fraternal orders and like the 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 silence within the policing like to to defend and protect other police it's almost like a gang and you make like actual gangs just feel like it's your gang versus ours because yeah. you don't play fair you're not righteous you're not you're not telling the right. truth you're not a witness against your own fellow police when he does something wrong yeah. so it's us I versus you was, that was shown in the um us, us I believe it was the them. Sacramento guy um he used to be a he was a police officer. He used to be, a, um, I think, a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going on a killing spree against cops. And in his manifesto, he was stating how a lot of them were covering up injustice. You yes. know, um, there were a lot who were who were out, who were actually going out, making it their mission to incarcerate blacks and minorities, you know, who were actually in Sacramento, who were actually um, going out to, to create circumstances that weren't actually there and to lock people up. You know, um, and to let some go who are white. So, it. I think that that goes to the point of like trying to specify the regions as well, because you may have that over here in Sacramento, mm-hmm. but you don't have that over here. You know, um, at least not to, not right. to my my knowledge, in in Delaware you know, or right. in Milford, You know, right. so we can't take what goes on there. Yep. And place it on what's going on over here, just like exactly. you can't take what's going on over here yep. and place it over there. And I think that's a a a fallacy that that I've been guilty of is taking what I've seen here or what is true for this region, you know, making it true for the whole. Right. Like composition. It on both sides. False, false composition. Right. False yep. composition. Yeah, now, here's another thing. Sides. The uh, exactly. yeah yeah. Uh, the the police are also indoctrinated. I was made aware uh, recently. Uh, there was a police officer that came forth and said, "Yeah, they show us these these videos, these hate videos of police getting killed, and they get indoctrinated." And again, I'm not an apologist. I just want people to understand that um, we're all indoctrinated on all ends. Unless you're using critical thinking skills, you are allowing the mm-hmm. media or whatever your uh, political, uh, I would say your um, your funder, your sponsor mm-hmm. is influencing you. You know, and so that happens to police and police are hyped up and are like seeing all these videos of gangs shooting cops and stuff. And then they come yeah. out and they do guns blazing, mm-hmm. you know, it remains true that he who pays the piper picks the tune. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, so exactly. whoever's funding is going to choose what information you receive, yep. you know, which is why it's important, as you stated earlier, to, to follow the money, you know, as you do for your job, you follow the money, yep. Yep. you know, and that's that's been my whole beef with. um the Black Lives Matter movement is, I know who's picking your tune. Right. Yeah. You know, I have a problem with the one that picks the tune. I'm not saying that there are no injustices. You know, right. we talked recently. I'm not saying there's not systemic racism, not or, issues yeah. that that systemically affect black people. You know, that were designed to disproportionately affect black people. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Right. What I'm saying is that the person who's paying for your movement has an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's choosing the tune. You know. Yep, I agree. I have concerns with that. You know, Marxist philosophy, Marxist views in general um, are not historically have not been 
number one, it doesn't work in society. Number two, it has a negative effect. It's a, you know, I had, I have a friend who, uh, I don't want to get anecdotal, uh, Mm -hmm. that I was speaking to on the matter. She's uh, Russian. She's Ukrainian. She's a Russian born in Ukraine and she lived through it. And she said, this is the same exact thing. They start throwing this narrative out, Marxist views to create this. Uh, They appeal to victims. They appeal to people that Mm -hmm. are weaker to create this narrative. And I don't like it because if you follow the money, it shows an agenda. No matter what it looks like, no matter what your stance is, if you follow the money, what's the agenda? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. That's basically my view. I like what you pointed out um, because it's not just a good effect or a bad effect. You know, mm-hmm. or a negative effect. There are some things that, though it may not work, there's not a substantial loss, you know, or substantial right. gain. Um, but in this case, not only does it not work, but while we see Marxism and socialism and communism implemented, there is a net negative effect, right. you know. Exactly. Um, so it's not even like, well, it doesn't work, but there was there was no no loss. Correct. It's like, no, this doesn't work. And there's always a huge loss behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's my, my concern. You, you know, speaking of the Piper, um, you know, he, you know, the Piper, you know, picks the tune, but the Piper in mm-hmm. this regard um, is pup. Well, <laughs> the actual Piper, you know, not just the public face, but the public face yeah. is Marxist, yeah. but the Piper is orchestrating right. political moves towards Marxist philosophy. Right. And I don't even think it's because the Piper believes Marxism is good. No, you're hitting it right on the head. Exactly. Yeah. That, was, that was verbatim what I was told by my friend who, again, um, literally lived through it, is that this, they're, not, they're not using this Marxist view because they think it will work. Mm-hmm. They're using it as a strategy to ultimately get their, you know, yep. what they want. Mm-hmm. Yep. The ends justify the means. Yep. Correct. And in yeah. the meantime, I hate you and you hate me. Yep. Yep. To get on a, on yep. a, on a local level. It just right. turns it into a, me hating you. Someone puts a stack of bricks in front of me, and I'm like, "Man, f this!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's all random. Nah, yeah. man. Nah. Yeah, they, and they call them useful idiots. Yeah, well, that's that's literally the, the phrase up for them. It's useful idiots. You're yeah. just the person that's there. You're like the pawns on the board. Yep. I can sacrifice my pawns. You right. know, so I can place them where they need to be to be sacrificed, <laughs> and the pawns aren't going to do anything. You know, contrary to what what the author tells them to do. Yep. You know. And we don't we don't understand that whether it's Fox or CNN, you're literally being positioned by the information you're you're receiving, and by the narratives being fed to you. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is put you in the right places, and then you'll on your own, you know, because this is what you've been fed. You'll go ahead and make the move that that puts us in the position where we're at now, where there's yeah. You want to know the best example of that? Rides. The best example to me in history. Uh, Atwell, uh, the campaign manager for Reagan. Does anyone have, can anyone pull this quote up real quick? Yeah, and just, yeah. yeah, pull it up and just read if you can. It's going to be, you might have to say N word instead of the word, or me and T, T and, and Trey had to beat you up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't type it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll be over there in a couple minutes. It'll yeah. be all right. Yep. Nobody you, gets a pass on that. I'm sorry. I'm what, <laughs> what, what do you, uh, what would you want me to look up? So, uh, Atwell, just look up Atwell. Uh, um, campaign manager Reagan quotes, and you should see one of his quotes. I don't know if I have it. I can try to find it too. And with N word or not? What? You trying to get drop kicked? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. It's, it's Lee Atwater. Lee Atwater. Lee Atwater. I call him Atwater. Atwater. Yeah, Atwater. Mm-hmm. 
it should start off saying something like you start out in 1955 by saying and then it goes into it which was the original make america great again campaign by the way yeah right i think another just kind of a side note another thing that kind of bothers me about the conversation today is it lacks perspective of the world then right you know, um, there was, you can't, we can look back on slavery today and say it was a great stain. But when you're, when you're living at a time where slavery is the, is a known institution around the entire world, right. you know, it, it's, a, you would take a different stance. It's, it's almost like um, Jordan Peterson references uh, Nazis, you know, he's like, well, look, if you were in Germany at this time, you more than likely would have became a, right. a Nazi, you know, because yeah. this is where you were at. You know, so we can look now and say, well, they were so wrong. But if you were there, then right. mm -hmm. you would have a different perspective, which is to what you said uh, before in the group. You need a you need a knowledge of history and not only history, but how things were at that period. You know, correct. Or uh, historian's fallacy is an example. That means that you project your views of now into the past. Assuming yeah. that it's true. Yeah. Right. And we see a lot of that with, with uh, me and Keith have fought against that with Christianity. You know, you mm -hmm. look at. You interpret things in the Bible written two thousand plus years ago <laughs> according to what you see today. The American yeah. perspective. You know, it's like, well, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, like slave, for instance, slave is not the same as it was in that time period. As obviously, you know this as it is now, right? Different, yeah. completely different view. Yep. Completely different politics. Right. right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I've got the stat. I'm gonna share my screen so everyone can see it. Um, or yeah. not the stat, the um, the quote. Sorry. Cool. Um, but I do want to revisit, you know, what you were just saying. Um. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we don't forget. Let's see. Uh, and the context for anyone that, that's, um, I guess, trying to understand why this quote is relevant is Lee Atwater is his campaign manager. Uh, Reagan is caught in this kind of situation that deals with uh, accumulating wealth. And so it's a clear example of a distractor that's put out, that's used for a person to gain political power. Whether he's right or wrong is besides the point. What the point of the matter is, is that there is a clear subterfuge, as T would say, mm -hmm. to, to try to trick you and distract you from people gaining wealth. The people being the committee of the 300 or whoever the quote unquote right. oligarchs are who right. are benefiting the most from this division or chaos. Mm -hmm. So um, who, wants to, go. who wants to take it? I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do it. <laughs> just, just say the N word I'm as you say it. I get all super okay. close though. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll read it and just say. Quote, I'll read it. Just say N word. Um, am I allowed to say N word? Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So you start out in 1954 by saying, "quote N word, N word, N word." By 1968, you can't say N word. That hurts you. Backfires. So you say stuff like forced busing states' rights, and all that stuff. You're getting so abstract now that you're talking about cutting taxes and all these things, and all these things you're talking about are total, total economic things, and a byproduct of them is that blacks get hurt worse than whites. whites. Mm. And subconsciously, maybe that is part of it. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if, it, if it's getting that abstract and coded, that we are doing away with the racial problem one way or another. Did I say that right? That mm -hmm. we are doing away with the racial problem one way or another. Mm -hmm. You follow me? I want to I add that it wasn't just blacks. It was also hippies that was the target 
at that point yeah. where they were mm-hmm. reacting to. So any leftover hippies, because again, that goes against the uh, the good son of a citizen or good citizen that they would look for. You know, mm-hmm. blacks aren't ever going to be the good citizen, and they're in that view from that standpoint, and neither will lower class poor whites or hippies. Yeah, kind of like so they talked about the whites in um, Thomas Sowell's book, uh, Black Rednecks on and yeah, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Yep. So um, he says that, that dispels the view that it's a, a black or white thing. It's more an economic issue. Thank yeah. you. Thank right. you for saying that. For mm-hmm. real. So and that's, you know, forgive me, I'm, I'm reading uh, very illiterately, as a matter of fact, but I'm reading <laughs> I'm reading uh, and I'm, I'm not exactly gathering context. So or or comprehending <laughs> the context. Is that what you're saying from this quote that that's what he's alluding to? He's he was caught saying this quote, explaining his reason for the the campaign strategy he used for Reagan, mm-hmm. which was make America great again, um, which which in itself is critical because it talks about all levels. It talks about the the need for pandering and the need for uh, creating this division uh, to distract so that the wealthy oligarchs can make more money or, or more wealth, basically. Gotcha. That's the context of this. Yeah. And he and he's saying that you know it used to be out in the open by saying yeah, n-word yes, n-word yes. n-word yes and now to finish Correct. the quote he says you know that we are doing away with the racial problem one way or the other you follow me because yep. obviously sitting around saying we want to cut this is yeah. much more abstract than even the busing thing and a hell of a lot more abstract than n-word n-word right okay it's so, very important so for whites uh, blacks hidden. to understand this this mm-hmm. narrative is another narrative that never gets captured the oligarch right. narrative, the narrative of the wealthy that don't care if you're poor or, or black or white that are trying to create this division. It's very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is in that, mo- in that method right there where you're, it's so abstract that you're talking about cutting things, you can actually fool the very people that um, the, the cuts or the, mm-hmm. um, the system was designed, in your, in your words, you know, to help. You can fool them into thinking that it's supposed to be helping when it's actually hurting them. Correct. You know? So you're not saying the N word, N word, but what you're doing is you're 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 creating laws and and um circumstances that actually hurt them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know exactly. So you're you're outwardly doing away with racism while inwardly still keeping it alive and well. To me, that's my so, definition of systematic racism. There you go. Right. That's what I argue against. Mm-hmm. Right. Me. It's kind of like Planned Parenthood. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which which I think our people in general, human society needs to wake up to the agenda because the agenda is bad either way, right or left. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if Mm -hmm. you have people that are getting wealthy off of division and you also have people that are mooching off of people that are trying to build wealth. Then that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I think I think black people in general need to realize you have more enemies than you think. And white people in general need to realize you have less allies than you think. There's the oh. quote. You can quote. There's the quote. Oh, oh, <laughs> There's the intro clip for the for the heavy. podcast. <laughs> That's why I came here. That's why yeah. I came today. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's real, honestly. Yeah. Um man. And I told you off air, you know, that for instance, with this, when dealing with the stats and dealing with say Black Lives Matters and and the th- the things going on racially right now, um, if you were to take Again, overgeneralizing, but if you would take a lot of the mainstream articles from people coming from the the BLM, you know, movement against, you know, the white parent with stats, their arguments tend to just push you more towards stats, which aren't that reliable. And 
But meanwhile, like I said, you have a way of articulating a moderate ground of reasons you need to second guess your, your opinion or at least factor mm-hmm. in for something you may not have factored in, which allows me to come closer to the middle, which that yeah. other person doesn't allow me. They push me further to a polar opposite yeah. and I'm pushing them further to the polar opposite to be fair. You know, and um, what's crazy is even with the stats, um, like we've, we've discussed how unreliable they are, but the one thing I don't think we've touched on is how reliable, how unreliable personal experiences as well. Because mm-hmm. it's subject to perception. Right. You know, your personal experience is subject to your perception of that experience. So you may perceive something in a way that's not actually true. Right. right. But because you perceived it that way, that's how you relay it. Yep. You know, so when, when the girl says that, you know, stats can be manipulated, but personal experience can't. Well, that's that's far from true. Because yeah. personal experience are easily manipulated. You know, I think we see it in so many cases, especially like in the romantic world. Where I see it in my relationship. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But that's that's what we see yeah. it often. You know, we, yeah. we see it there. We see it in other areas where your experience can be manipulated. And yeah. it's not until someone says, as we've seen, Keith, it's not until someone says, well, is that the case? Right. That you yeah. actually start to kind of see, well, there were other variables here that I haven't considered. Yeah. I was no. just talking so, to Terry yesterday and I was saying that we're we're not accustomed to hearing that though. We're not accustomed to hearing is that the case? You know, mm-hmm. have you and it, so automatically we're pushed in this defensive mode where it's like what do you mm-hmm. mean? You know, and I remember <laughs> I remember now, now think think of Terry. I remember Terry saying that when we were talking, we were actually talking about we were trying to have a, a discussion on the role race plays in our life or the role religion plays in our life. You know, our mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. our observance and worship of of God versus the race and culture we come from and which one is is you know takes dominance you know as priority in our life and but racism you know kept being discussed and um but between that and uh, a follow-up of a conversation we had on fatherless homes the rate of fatherless homes and being an epidemic you know real a real big problem um but terry had made a statement like man like you know i've never been you know i feel like i, I keep being asked that i have to prove racism i got to prove racism and and really all we were doing was asking, you know, trying to say, have you considered this? Right. You know, I really, really wasn't. And then and, and, and trying to point out to him that time he got pulled over, you know, and how he was treated by the police, while it still matters, is anecdotal. You know, and I, I don't I don't I don't know. Some people use that term as dismissive. I don't use it as dismissive. I, I, I think it should be included. But mm-hmm. that anecdotal evidence, for one, is only one person's perspective yeah. of that event. The, the police officer has one, the the bystanders, the witnesses have one, um, mm-hmm. and that fits into a collective body of what all people okay. tend to experience, which, like we said, is okay. very vague, and we don't really have that. So yeah. It's subjective. No matter how you look at it, it's subjective yeah. on all angles, whether it's one person, multiple, even if you look at it holistically and compare it to past, present, and future data, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be subjective. We're yeah. all, like, up to our chin in water. Yeah. Like... The burden of trying to explain all of this stuff is enough. Like to his, like he said, I think you said, he said, I feel like I'm backed in a corner trying to, uh, to explain, did he say defend or ex- prove racism? Prove racism. Yeah. You right. shouldn't have to. Right. 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 You shouldn't have to prove or disprove mm-hmm. the truth will itself using empirical, uh, evidence will reveal mm-hmm. itself. Right. Right. If you approach it, you shouldn't have to prove it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that's that obvious, then we'll yeah. all be able to see. Well, any critical thinker, any person who who's actually looking 
not to find it, but just looking at the situation to try to assess what did happen here. Right. They'll right. be able to see it and say, yes, okay, that was racism. We need to right. fight against that. Right. You know, right. but when you're offering a vague situation, you know, and you're just generalizing a lot of it is difficult. how the cop responded to yeah. them versus how mm-hmm. the cop responded to you. And you're saying, see, that's evidence of racism. And someone says, well, hold on now. Do we consider anything else? Right. You know, yeah. A lot of it can from be that, you're yeah. like, well, hold on. I feel like I'm being constantly asked to prove racism. Like, no, we just asked you, was that the only factor here? Right. You know, so, I think that's an issue that we have today is there's everything's racist. You know, or it's not racist. It is, or or there's again to this argument of false dichotomy, zero sum. Why can't we be neutral? Why do you think? Why why are things always assumed to be mutually exclusive? That's what I ask Mm -hmm. the audience, a person. Think with your mind. Think critically. Is it always this or that? Isn't there possible (laughs) that it could be middle ground? I mean, it's not like a coin. You flip a coin and it's going to land heads or tails, right? Even though it's a rare possibility, it can land sideways, right? A lot of things are not that simple, right? It's not a extreme dichotomy. And so Mm -hmm. using your mind, you can, you, it's okay to be neutral. It's okay to look at something and say, wait a second, I don't have the answers yet. The burden is very high. Let me get back to you and research. Mm-hmm. T does that very well, by the way. T, a lot of times when I talk to T, he will admit if he doesn't know something, yep. he won't throw his opinion out there. He'll say, wait a second, let me step back and research and then come back with it, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and yep. see where he stands. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, human nature, we're very uh, tribal, you know, yeah. um, and that's what I think we've, we've mentioned political commentary that they call news. Um, we've mentioned the news <laughs> and, and they, they capitalize on that by framing it to fit their narrative and, and almost igniting division between parties, between races, yeah. and right. they benefit from that, you know, from that impulse that we have to stay with our yeah. tribe. I even see YouTube people, you know, and, the, and one of the, one of the factors of like making a, a good YouTube channel is being able to point out the haters, being able to point out the people who are against your way of thinking or your thought process because of that tribal nature that it allows yeah. people to say, okay, so you're against them, right? I'm against them too. So we're over here. Like I'm on my team right now. Let me keep tuning into my team. And I'm like, man, like that's the end all be all. What's oh, more important than the tribe then survival. There were plenty of tribes, native Americans that died, right? They yep. were tribes, yep. right? Yep. What's the point of having it? What's more important than that? Survival, right. like outliving that. So yep. I think it's more important to be right and accurate where you are and know yourself than it is to relate. That's right. just my personal opinion. Yeah. You know? I do also think it's important to to state, you know, and to put out there that we've we've had positions that we've had to change our minds on that were like deeply rooted. You know, yeah. like we've had we've had matters of faith that we oh, have yeah. to look at and say, look. This may not be it. That's deeply uncomfortable, you right. know. But when you const- when you address that discomfort, you mm-hmm. know, and then you do change your mind, you have to constantly address more more situations that put you in that same space, in that same headspace. It becomes right. a little easier. But I think people should understand that there is an extreme level of discomfort mm-hmm. that comes with actually considering. And That's most right. times, instead of considering, there's cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we push away like, nah, there is no conflict here. You know, or my mm-hmm. side's right. We don't consider anything else. You know, but get used to that discomfort. Get used to saying, look, I thought this, but I was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. It's humbling. You know, mm-hmm. um, prime right. example, we used to use uh, Jeremiah 10. Oh, yeah. For, um, Christmas all the time. You know, <laughs> all the time. That was what we came up that with. It moveth you know? not. <laughs> yeah. Punch it on them. Punch yeah. it on the heathens. Yep. You know, but um, yep. 
Keith, Keith came to me one day and was like, look, bro, I don't think that's it. Mm-mm. And we sat down and looked over <laughs> it, and it was like, look, once you look over the scriptures, you know, and other scriptures, and you see what it's really talking about, it's like, yeah, mm. yeah, we were misusing that, but it's just, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because I think, I Dre think part was of our nature me. is to be right. Dre was hot <laughs> with me. <laughs> you know, I think part of our nature is to be right. It's to politically correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you seem, and you seem like something's wrong with you. If you admit that you're wrong, people lose trust in you. Right. Mm-hmm. But they actually gain more trust. Yeah. But we're not, we're not taught that because even from whether it's pastors, priests, you know, or just mentors, you don't see a lot of people saying, look, I said that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll double down on what they said. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no matter what's presented before them. So yeah. because we don't see that, you know, um, all we see in music, media, movies, whatever, we see a people who are right and who stand in their position, whether they're right or wrong. Yeah. You know, so that's what we get. And that's what and that's, and that's, in, that's even in, that's even in the court. That's even in legal when you make arguments. You can clearly know someone's right. Why are we in this stage where we <laughs> argue a point when you can clearly know if it's true or not? You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I definitely want to. Um, touch on a few more stats that are relative, you know, to the stats that they gave, right. And discuss those. But I do want to actually affirm, you know, what, what T was saying was, was kind of my personal experience, you know, changing minds as it came to this discussion. And it's almost what pushes me to ask so many questions that I'm like, for instance, making Terry feel like he has to prove racism, but it's because (laughs) I started out assuming police were racist. Like I just, man, they're just this, that, and the other. And cause again, I kind of joked on the last one that, I made a mistake surrounding myself with black people for the last 20 years, you know? <laughs> um, but when I would get, you know, pulled over for something like, you know, if you've ever, if you drive up a uh, Walnut street, um, right where the hill is coming down Fourth street, like where the courts are and stuff. Um, there's a lot of cars that park on that strip. And, and at night I, I ride the middle cause I don't, I don't want a car or someone to jump out and there's no cars coming. So I went over to center line and I did it to be safe, not because I was swerving, but I get pulled over. Right. And I felt like he was following me from the place he was posted up. And um, he knew me. He knew the people in the car. And so, in, and you know, at the time, I'm thinking, you know, racism. Same reason I'd be stopped, you know, we, we get stopped out, out BH or whatever. Um, and I'm like, man, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, it's the cops that are, you know, so wrong. And then as an adult coming to this discussion and actually wondering, I'm like, well, we were actively involved in crime. <laughs> I was actually told at one point, like I, I actually had police crew, three police cruisers that would park different angles watching my house. Um, and I saw them, I knew what they were doing. And um, yeah, so I acted appropriately, but, but what I'm saying was I was actively involved in crime in, in, in selling drugs and everything The people around me were involved, had cases, but all of us were known and identified by police. I had someone that worked that knew a dispatcher or something that told me like Keith, the guy told me to tell you, stop. He hears your name far too often. And, you know, like you're, you're like a person of interest. And at the same time, I've got them literally staked, you know, outside my house f- for days, you know, just watching that. It's like, all right. I mean, Keith, could that have been any of it that you are a known criminal? You know, <laughs> you know, like that was, that, they, he, so. they were <laughs> right. So then I had to be like, well, maybe I need to be at least more fair and think about the other factors. Like the factor that I, I was committing crime on a regular basis. I was. I was probably on people's affidavits, you know, cause I know, you know, Cass was, t- were talking right and left. I knew this was going on, which ultimately made me stop it. Unfortunately it wasn't Jesus. It just was the fact that everyone talks. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> but nonetheless, um, I only say all that to say that that was my, um, uh, my bias at the time. 
you know, that I had to, and then I had to start asking, I didn't start off from a position that, look, man, cops are upstanding. They don't do anything wrong and they're not racist. And I'm trying to prove that to Terry today. I started off agreeing with him. I started off thinking that we were profiled, that we were mistreated because of race, you know, which still could be a factor, but now I'm just trying to factor in all factors. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact I was engaged in crime and this, that, and yeah. the other. You're not so, excluding that. You're also, you're adding it to the pile. Absolutely. Of factors. And the anecdotal right. and imper like add everything in and let's, let's consider. So with that being said to affirm, you know, T's comment, but also to, to set up the next stat and, and question is, you know, the next thing that's often brought up is the, the crime rate amongst races. I think these are 2017. I was trying to pull 2017 numbers to stay in line with the mom and the daughter, you know, um, but I have homicides in 2017, uh, let's say 3,200, um, white offenders and 3,200 black offenders. And it actually says who they're killing, you know, um, but three quarters of the people that white people kill are white, um, with only 264 black victims at the hand of white people. And then again, um, 300 and uh, 3,200 um, homicides by a black offender. They're killing about 576 white people. But again, about three quarters, 2,600 black people, you know, killed by black mm -hmm. people. Um, so often what's mentioned is black on black crime, right? The rate of black on black crime, the rate of violent crimes and theft and things having more, more volume of police interaction than the white population. So to any of you, um, especially Rashad being the guest, but is there any knowing the incompleteness of the data and the problems that we've mentioned, but still, is that representative of reality and or no. does that play a role in the discussion? It plays a role to me. I'm just saying for me and knowing where where this information is being pulled, where's the location? Are there mm -hmm. more police there because of reactionary, like the whole 1994 crimes uh, bill mm -hmm. act and you know the fall everything that transpired after that is it an area that you would see a lot of policing right i think we get caught in this trap again of false representation of trying to false composition again it goes back into that loop and we get lost just me personally and i don't think we can even really address it i'm i'm trying to understand um i do understand that if there's a smaller demographic that's committing at least allegedly, a disproportionate amount of the crime, um, then that would lead you to conclude that there's more police interaction. You know, but the problem is that one, I don't think it reflects the crime among blacks that has actually went down over the last couple of years, which isn't considered in the conversation. You know, and it's I think we're still assuming that because there's interaction. Um, because there's more interaction means that there should be a higher percentage of the population, you know, right. um, being killed, which I don't, I can't subscribe to. I don't think there's a, a good number. I don't think know, so either. Um, of people being killed. But um, I think the data, it's too, like, again, what happened during that time for history was Obama only, he only rolled back the crimes, crimes bill related Clinton era policies towards the end of his his uh, his time period. So we see the numbers mm -hmm. going down because he did that. And then we see the policing effect take place and we see Trump come in and get kind of the alley hoop in a certain way. Not to knock Trump because he he actually did do that in a, in a little way that rolled it back. 
Um, and what we're seeing, and that's, that's, that's it's an important factor to consider. Like if we're just looking at the media, it's like, oh, since he got in office, this has happened. I can't, it, it's like, I can't even talk, begin to talk about it. You know, I can't even go into it. I can't, but with, with the, with the information without making either side lose their mind, you know, cause I want to yeah. be in the, I want to be in the middle of it mm-hmm. and say, what's really happening and talk about the narrative of what's happening. I know. Again, it gets, yeah. It gets back to, um. I want to say subterfuge, but it's deceit used to achieve one's goal. You know, right. I think that's what it is. So it's either, and it goes back to the false economy, it's either Trump did it or Obama did it. You know, yeah. instead of saying, well, look, this was done at this time, we set this person up for this. You know, instead of saying it's an amalgamation of both, yeah. it's either or. Well, what happened was Eric, when Eric Holder was in after 2015, he, he was like, let's get this data, let's do it. Loretta Lynch came in and you can Google it. Don't quote me on it. But she basically was like, nah, this is too much effort for us to collect for police. They just need to be able to do their job. And so see how that works. There's a difference in philosophy that comes in, shifts it. And um, on top of not having the data complete, we, the, the narrative or the expectation is reset. And so we're seeing effects <laughs> of that as well. You know, I know the, the daughter, with all the throwing around of, of stats, um, the daughter did mention how you know, with the population of blacks being what it is, then there should be a specific rate, you know, which is, I believe she said 8.9%. Now, there is a viewpoint that blacks have more interaction with police, especially with committing, I believe it's 50% of, you know, um, the violent crimes. Um, So with that, you would assume that there would be a higher percentage of blacks being killed. And there's also a statement by um, what I believe the one point with the study, but it appears just to be a statement by Heather McDonald that states that police officers are 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black man than a black man is by a cop. You know, so I think these, I think there are, there are counters to the daughter's position that mm-hmm. could uh, that could give some insight as to why the numbers are so high. Um, but even then, I think there's a necessity to examine even those points. Right. Because um, it was uh, real, really, I mean, we kind of talked about this, but me just knowing that argument, um, seeing the reports and knowing that argument, and then going to look for the stats, I'm like, I'm just scratching my head. I'm thinking like, where in the <laughs> world did they get this from? Cause I can do yeah. math and I'm not saying 18 times anything. Um, so, and, and I don't know if, if we've talked about this, but um, you know, I know we did off air, but um, the articles that reference it offer no link or, or resource <laughs> for that one, you know, fact that they've shared. So I couldn't even, see you know where they pulled it from or what they were looking at but you know i'm just i'm looking at again 2017 as my main point 2018 2019 mm-hmm. like looking everywhere and saying where are they getting this number Whoever from or this factor this you know at this rate um and it's i would say it's almost unsubstantiated with you know based yeah. based on stats itself the stats we have so appeal to authority essentially appeal, appeal they, to authority yeah all you see in the article is a reference to heather mcdonald so it's like yeah. they they give a couple references from Heather and um, sources to where you can find that information. But then we get to the bottom, and then they mention eighteen point five. There's no source. There's no the only right. references Heather McDonald. 
So it's almost like, well, she, she said this, this, and this. Right. And we have proof of that. Therefore, she said this. That also must be true. So where I went with it is I just immediately said, let's if I can't validate it, let's just use basic logic. 48 officers were killed in 2019. If she's saying that it's proportionate, it has to be 18 point five is was was that the number mm-hmm. eighteen point five yeah. to one ratio. So that would mean forty eight if if forty eight officers were killed in twenty nineteen, um that is not enough to say eighteen to uh to one. Because as far as uh blacks getting killed, I think it was nine unarmed and mm-hmm. what was it, a thousand total that were killed. Yeah. But if you just say you use the number uh, nine, just say unarmed blacks compared to police getting killed. Right. That's 160, 166.5. Yeah. So she's already off by saying that mm-hmm. it's that number. And then to and that's assuming term, that all of them are killed yeah. by blacks. Exactly. Right. And so to even drill down even further, you want to ask who, so who is, who is Heather McDonald? You know, like what's her, what's the reason why this article, who is she exactly? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you drill down further, you find out She's pro-police. She's anti-Black Lives Matter. She's a conservative. She's a political commentator. She wrote The Myth of Racist Cops. She wrote Systematic Police Racism. Uh, She's for stop and frisk for racial profiling. She's against any no racial uh, profiling policies. Uh, And some of the rhetoric that she uses could be could be um, argued that it's racist or Mm -hmm. xenophobic. Right. Right. And and so for me. Uh, what really drew me to it is she posted it on June 2nd. That was Blackout Day, right? Why are you writing this article on Blackout Day? You know, mm-hmm. what's the reason? And so there was some reason, some purpose for her po- uh, posting that. And and that's kind of deceptive mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. to approach it that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess what we keep pointing out, um, or in this case, what we're pointing out is instances where uh, liars use stats, you know, instances <laughs> where it's yeah. it's manipulation. It's political ma- manipulation. Yeah. What happens on both sides, you know? But it also shows the importance of actually digging into yeah. information, no matter whether it proves yeah. or disproves your side, you know. Because right. in this case, it's an argument that could be used to rebut, you know, to refute what what the daughter was saying. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they're having more police interaction, and the cop is eighteen point five times more likely. And it all sounds well packaged, right? You know, but we actually look into it. This yep. this. And this is not this is not an uncommon tactic, by the way, like this, Mm -hmm. this whole manipulation of statistics. It happens in um, like with schooling when it comes to stats. I've seen it before and don't quote me on it. But there was an article that talked about uh, they made like a big deal about uh, females applying to um, or getting accepted into uh, college, a certain college. It was like a prestigious college. I want to say Harvard. Right. And the stat that came out said, oh, my God, uh, more last year's stat more than doubled less less women are being accepted into Harvard's uh, certain program. And if you just look at face value, you're like, what the hell is that? That's messed up. That's mm-hmm. sexist. And you want to get up in arms. And, and, and But if you dig deeper and look at it, what was the actual stat? It was like 0.05. And the next year it went to 0.1. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like it doubles. <laughs> right. right. And so they, they just, that's an example of false equivalence. Yep. So basically you take, you compare like an oil stain to an oil spill, mm-hmm. the whole mountain to a molehill deal. And, and, and I don't think, I think that's deceptive. I think that's not fair to use that tactic. Right. Mm-hmm. They did the yeah. same thing um, early with the, uh, you know, COVID, you know, emergency okay. and lockdown. They said yeah. that the hospital uh, uh, ICU units had tripled three, uh, was up 300%. Right. It went from three to nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nine people, you know, and I'm not I saying that still does it not indicative of a problem or, you know, 
it is, but, but it's not as it's not as egregious as what's being represented. Yeah. And we have to be careful yeah. as the reader or person that's observing to know that there's all types of things, agendas that are at play, and people that are just fat fingering and don't know what they're doing. I'll give you an example: the FBI uh, in the in the data of the police use force or the use of uh, lethal force, basically that uh, data that they had, um, they put a stat out and said it would take us. 30,000 hours to get the data nationwide, right? There's not even 30,000 hours in a year. Somebody tell me right now how many, Alexa, right. how many hours are in a year? Eight thousand seven hundred and sixty hours. So what the hell are they talking about? You right. know what I mean? Right. So you would need three show. years to calculate one year. Is that, right. is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And yeah, that makes no years. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I've noticed um I've noticed even with the argument of disproportionality, a lot of times when people don't like the actual number, they go to percentages. Mm -hmm. That's right. So so it makes it look a lot worse. You can you can manipulate it to to say something that it that to relay a message that isn't quite accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like going from three to nine. Well, you don't want to say they went from three to nine. You want to say, well, they increased three hundred percent. So now the, the the audience member is just thinking, well, they, they are they don't even know what the what the original number was <laughs> they're just thinking well 300 percent that has to be a lot mm -hmm. you know it's like well no that's yeah it's only six more people right right right. Yeah. you know but yep. but they they don't know that so i i've noticed that a whole lot and when you can almost tell when deception is at play when they don't want to when people don't want to address actual like per capita they don't want to address it per person they want to address it and 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 yeah, they want to obfuscate it. They want to obfuscate yeah, it. They want to look at percentages. Yep. Because the more specific times. you get, the, the, the closer to the truth you'll be. Like, the yep. more specific yeah. and break it down, you'll be able yeah. to yeah. see what isn't adding up. And yeah. you'll see a lot of people are just throwing information out. And to your point earlier, they just regurgitate the same information over and mm -hmm. over again. They don't check the facts. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yep. But to what Keith said earlier, you know, I think, or at least to what you had asked about earlier, I think that everything descending into chaos um once you put a color mm -hmm. to the situation to the circumstance when it when it, it went from a man being killed mm -hmm. you know um due to excessive force by a police officer and it became black man white officer then mm -hmm. you completely Got you by that set at odds mm -hmm. yes yeah. yes um because yeah we were i think generally speaking people were unified that this was wrong yeah, and for the audience, the example that's called a synecdoche. That's like saying the, the president bombed Tokyo. The president didn't personally bomb anything. Right. He's right. representing that. And that's what that that's that's an example to pay attention to, I would say. Mm -hmm. Sorry to interject. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's all right. Oh, that, was, yeah. that was good. But I think at that point, you you ruined whatever possibility there was there for us to to have productive conversation. You know, because mm -hmm. now you change the focus from police brutality to racism. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they're not really fighting police brutality. Mm -hmm. And it's reflected in the fact that when you mention whites being killed, they don't care. You see, so it's not about police brutality. It's about what they're doing to blacks. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, don't talk to them about the situation as a whole. Only talk about this small portion over here that when you look at the actual numbers, I don't want to say isn't a problem because I I haven't looked at it enough to, to say this is justified and that isn't, you know. Um, 
But I think that if if it were really about police brutality, then we would look at we would look at the matter as a whole, you know. But once you make it about whites and blacks, you you really not obscure, but you you drown the the intention, you, you the, the, the original any, purpose. Yeah, I you agree. Kill any chance of actually making headway here? You know, we we're, we're not going to get anywhere productive. Mm-hmm. And we see that through what we have now. This it hasn't been productive. You know, the riots and Chaz and all that. that that's if that's productive. If that's what we were going with this, then yeah, you can leave me out of that. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of it is um, the same evidence of the same problem is things are either emotionally or racially charged. That is being skewed. There's, they're preferring to phrase it a certain way to get a certain response. And we're Mm -hmm. not reading articles. We're not reading studies. We're not reading stats. We're not verifying. um, And it's just confirmation biased and clinging to whatever side has given us something comfortable, you know, it's a lot of pandering, pandering on both sides, pandering all around. Uh, I personally don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like radicals or contrarians equally as much as I don't like uh, people cooning, which I obviously Mm -hmm. know cooning. I don't like any of it. I just like people to stick into the center, deal with the facts and be honest, you know, you don't have to be, it's none of our responsibility to be an apologist for the things that happened before us. Right. If you know your ancestry, it's going to be specific. It's not universal. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's the same scenario. Right. And so I don't think it's fair to try to put the burden on the people, you know what I mean? Answer these issues that we didn't ask for, you know? Right. Cool. But it is up to us to like critically think about it though, to all of your point. It's like, it's vital to think about it and mm-hmm. think through, you know, for the world you want to live in, you know, for the yep. world you want your kids to live in, it's, it's an imperative, you know, that we all stop and think. Yeah. Yeah. You with stop finality. Think stop. with finality. Where do you want to be? Think where, think in the end, where do you want to be? Like, cause I might, I might wake up after researching this and say, I want to live in Japan. I'm not a citizen of America. It hasn't been good to me. Right. I don't know, you know, but think through with finality and see where you want to be for you without being influenced by, uh, and I mean, you will be influenced to a degree, but by choosing your influence, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. You know? mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, that kind of reminds me of something that um, Jordan Peterson had mentioned with uh, a lot of times we, we make decisions based on what's good for us now. Right. You know, always based yeah. on what's good for us in a week or in yeah. a month. And we're not thinking about one, you may make a decision that may not be good for you right now, but mm-hmm. maybe good for you in the long term. Correct. Or you may make a decision that's good for you now and not good for you in the long term. Exactly. You know, I think that hedonists make a lot of decisions that are good for them right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, but aren't good for them in the long term. And mm-hmm. we, we see a lot of cases, you know, or a lot of instances where, the things we do right now harm us greatly later, even though there's great benefit, you know, for the moment. Right. Um, but that's only to, you know, to boot for your, your comment about thinking with finality. Yeah. Yep. So if I may, um, the anecdotal, you know, our own experience, mm-hmm. which, like I said, I, it, it plays a role because I, I, I'm looking at data and then I'm looking at what I've experienced in real life, you know, and I'm wondering if they, if they resemble each other now without over, without over generalizing, like what the father was saying, you know, all they want to do is this, that, and the other, and they're doing drugs and this, that, and the other. But 
Because I, I, I have been very familiar and very close to several black families, several black homes in the same exact neighborhood, mind you. Um, and I saw very different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not all one experience. It's not all one type of person. Um, but I will say that from from my experience in both communities, black and white, that I do see a disproportionate amount, uh, or I was a part of and witnessed a disproportionate amount of um, crime, violent crime, drug trafficking. I didn't see that from any of my white friends. I didn't see that from their parents or even the normalizing where it was okay or where it was, it was more. And again, that's, you're, you're still, you're not, it, it's not representative of the t- whole community, but it just, from my witness, I think I do see what the stats may suggest is a higher volume of these crimes from these communities, which, like I said, I've experienced here and in certain cities, I think that would be the case. Whereas, you know, I think white people tend to commit different crimes, you know, Mm -hmm. still a problem. But um, the only illegal guns that I was a party to, you know, was in the black community. You know what I mean? Like, like heavy artillery and illegal weapons. So I've experienced the things that a lot of, we'll say, conservative voices are pointing to this stat, you know, and saying, well, here's the real problem, you know, and, and it makes and it makes me want to it makes me want to give credence to the stat because I think that's what I actually saw, you know, where I saw a whole bunch of people that didn't fit that. You know, what I mean, I also I also saw a lot of that. Does that does that make any sense? You know, it does. It does. Um, so I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I'm definitely open to anything else, period. But I think that from what I've experienced and from what I think tends to happen in especially big cities, urban cities, for some reason, you know, uh, not only poverty, but, you know, gang violence and things are far more prevalent, you know, with higher population density areas. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that may be close to the stat. It's probably the stat's probably not accurate, but I think it it might be close, and it may be a a. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's 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 a factor that ought to be considered, not necessarily a checkmate for one side, but I think it's it's a factor that's ne- also neglected because the right uses it as a checkmate. The left often you know wants to refute it or argue against it, where I think that. It's not a checkmate, but I think it's definitely a major problem that needs to be addressed, you know. Correct. And I think a major, again, the Piper, in this sense, I think is honestly, um, at this point, a big, big one is entertainment in the hip-hop culture, is literally telling all these sons that I was, I was I was kind of uh, estranged from my father um, at the age of 14, which is when, you know, honestly, I let DMX and the Locks and Jay-Z and all these guys <laughs> right. that I've been listening to like oh, that's what a man is, and and I is it a coincidence? I said, look, it, it's it's not a coincidence. You got you know, Joel Santana with a whole mixtape about mixing coke, you know, and crack, and then Jeezy, you know, Jeezy likes to drink, smoke, mix arm and hammer his coke, and then young men start doing that, you know. So yeah. I think there's yeah. accountability that needs to be addressed there. That something bad is happening within this community, that right. that for some reason it's glorified and we're, we're it's like it's like um bugs to light we're just drawn to it even though it's going to zap us you know um that i think it's playing a huge role i don't know that the stats are right but i think there's definitely a problem that it's a major factor that that needs to be considered for the better of families you know i don't don't know no it's It's a lot very valid a great example is when you when they had the positive music 
when you had groups like Public Enemy and stuff out, there was a whole empowerment movement movement growing within uh, the black community, especially mm-hmm. with crack hitting so hard and all that the way it did. Mm-hmm. So you had these people coming out speaking their stories where 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 maybe like the white people in the suburbs didn't even really know how real it was out there until these people to their kids are putting right. this music on and they're actually listening to the words and they're just like, oh my God, that's going on. Yep. That, yeah. That's what this is how they feel. This is what's going on. And then you, you know, you counter that with NWA. Yeah. Further tearing down the children, destroyed the it. The children yep. of these parents who were strung out or doing whatever during that time. Now you gave them a father, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And this is where he leading them because the father they just had, oh no, we can't be raising up these militant kids. Right. Exactly. We can't be educating them. Like, you know what I mean? So you put this in to counter that, and then they grow up the way they grow up and, and, and you know, following the footsteps of their father that you put before them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it plays. With, it's a lot of reactionary, all of it. And and with that being considered, you know, I don't I don't want to sing my own tune, you know what I mean? But but it goes back to what I was trying to say earlier is what I wish I would see, which is more accountability on our own sides. You know, um the 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 red picking on the red, the blue picking on the blue, like finding faults with your own argument, finding your own errors, finding like, well, that's I really didn't represent that well. Or I really didn't do this. So police policing police better. And then if you're in the black community, you're worried about police. But are you policing your children better? Are you right. worrying about right. what you're doing better? Your music, right. your influencers. Um and I feel like if we're really honest, we'll find plenty of things to criticize of our own self. The police will find right, plenty yeah. of things to criticize of their own actions. Um, and and that's that's why I keep like, man, I'm I'm really amazed. Like I said, I think we were at this perfect moment for a conversation where everyone wanted to talk about I think I think an overwhelming majority, surprisingly, saw the George Floyd incident and really had no beefs. Minus right. a few. I, I do want to factor in a few that may have. And the only thing reasonable people were saying, well, how was he trained? Is that a, a you know, because some people train. There was a police officer said some people are trained to use the knee on the neck. Some people aren't, you know, yes. so you need it's just it's not justifying it. But you need to know that going in, whether it's or not that was some way, like you said, being indoctrinated. Also, how was he trained? What kind of indoctrination? What kind of mindset? Um, but nonetheless, and was his political affiliations right? Yeah. Did he have a history with George Floyd before yes. then? You know, yes. what was the yeah? Yep, a yeah. history of of brutality, which he did. You know, of of uh, uh, misconduct. Um, but nonetheless, but I think, but for face value, so many people were u- unified in their disgust at what they saw, and right. wanted a better, you know, conversation mm-hmm. on police reform. And like I said, Molotov cocktail right in the middle, and. And it's like, man, we could have done something. We really had a moment where, I don't know, may, maybe I'm naive. Maybe it never was going to happen. But it just seemed like if it didn't go left, we could have really had police really policing police. We could have we could have really had yeah. or the yeah. public policing police, I should say, um, and reforming what's actually going on. But again, when you're indoctrinated and and let me ask this, what what part what do you think? Uh, and Rashad, I'll present to you first. You mentioned the police indoctrination, and I, I, I know that we've talked about even parents. At what level do I'll finish the sentence so you understand what I'm talking? I have a habit of not finishing sentences. <laughs> I have abbreviated thoughts. Um, the police being indoctrinated 
and seeing violent crimes and, and almost being sent out, scared or on guard, right? Um, and then, but I think some parents can do that as well to their children, you know, really alarmist and really like paranoid out of fear that they're just going to leave their home and be shot. I mean, are, are, are either one of those correct or what's the healthy diagnosis? Like what's, how should a cop be prepared and how should a, a young black child be prepared to, to go out according to Rashad? That's a really good question, honestly. Um, if I'm to answer it, honestly, we need the full true narrative. I think the police need to know the history. I think that we need to know the history of the police. We need, everyone has to have a universal, uh, not I want to say universal truth, but a universal access to the same information and view. The police in general, um, to my knowledge, when they're indoctrinated, they're presented with these stats. There's no, there, it's all Oakham's razor, which as you know, <laughs> Oakham's razor is, uh, to simplify something much yeah. more complex, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That concept was invented with the movement of what newspaper print, where they wanted to have a simple headline, right? That was not always the case, right? It's not always the best source, but it's mm -hmm. been, I want to say something, a universal approach to keep it simple, stupid. Well, not everything should be kept simple. Mm -hmm. Some things you got to be more exhaustive in. Some things you have to go into de intricate details and mm -hmm. provide all the facts. And I don't think the police get all the facts. I think the police are they're winded up and pushed out. And that's just as simple as it is. And I think we're, um, we're, we're wasting our time fighting the, the police. Cause to me, they're just jimmies. I mean, in my line of business, when I review their work or review different things that's being done, it, it's not, it's not, uh, critical. It's not uh, concrete, right? It's not something that's, uh, I want to say exhaustive, right? And so we should approach it in a way to understand that the real issue is who is who is giving this narrative, who is presenting us with this uh, premise, this false premise to say, go out there, shoot, look at all these black people killing police and shoot. And that has to be a conversation we have together. There needs to be more police interaction um, with communities of color and there needs to be intermediaries to have a healthy conversation, mm -hmm. right? That's what was supposed to happen with the Crimes Bill Act. As Sheree said, reactionary to crack cocaine coming to our neighborhoods. Because okay. what people forget is it wasn't crack cocaine with Caucasian people. It was ecstasy and pure forms of cocaine. Right. But for our neighborhood, right. it was crack cocaine. And so um, when I hear Biden or other people say, oh, you know, the Black Caucus signed off on, you know, the crime bill. Okay, but what really happened? More police came, more stereotypes, mm -hmm. Uh, more uh, pro uh, police profiling, stop and frisk, and all this stuff that needs to be revisited. You know, you can't you can't have a uh, I want to say a, a false representation or typology of everyone. It needs to be uh, a healthy conversation. That's just my view. Honestly, I just I want to take take a second to thank you because you know not only for doing it, but because you know as T has mentioned, as we've all you know talked about, we want to find what we think is reality. We want to find a healthy moderation of this and that. We don't want to be polarized. We don't want to put to political ends. And um, you've, you've had a successful way of, of helping that process of helping, you know, um, if we're honest about our biases, if we're honest about our views and approach, um, you see, you seem to have a good, a good way of, of offering a healthy counter or, or thing to consider Um which I, I appreciate, like I said, um, I don't know if it's just my nature, but I, I prefer to be more moderate. It seems more reasonable and sound. I don't know if that's just the appeal of it. Um, but I think that's probably where the truth is also. Um, so, and from what I hear, I definitely, uh, agree 
with the knowledge that I have thus far that, um, you know, I don't know, but, um, T Sheree, um, what, what about you guys as, as same question, same or, or response to Sherrod, either one or Rashad, excuse me. Um, I actually wanted to address something mm -hmm. that I was trying to get in like a couple of conversations back. You guys <laughs> mansplaining. On a roll. Speak. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was, I'm paranoid about that. Anxious. I don't want to be coming off as a sexist or something. Right. Misogynist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, sorry. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, earlier, I don't know if it was uh, Keith or Rashad or maybe both of you had mentioned at one point, but um, we was talking about the case, it, the case itself, the George, the George Floyd case itself. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned like at one point we were unified, like everyone looked at this, agreed. Um, this was horrible. This shouldn't have happened. I don't care what he did. Right. This is bad. Like you know what I mean. Yep. And and black, black, white, Mexican, whatever. We all agreed this was horrible. The guy deserves to be in, in jail, under the jail, whatever. Right. Okay. So, um. Now I get to go fringe just real quick, okay? Okay. So <laughs> I think um, maybe they didn't get the out the outcome they wanted, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think uh, the Black Lives Movement was released to uh, carry out the response they wanted to get initially with the runner, and I forget his name. Uh, went into Ahmaud, the house. Uh, Arbery. Ahmaud, yeah. Yeah. All right. And I don't think they got the response then that they wanted. Like I don't think they got the 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 out outlash that they were looking to receive. This right. came immediately after, um, and was wound up unified instead of uh, you know coming at each other's neck. Mm -hmm. um, I think then uh, BLM was then released like junkyard dogs uh, mm -hmm. against the the country. Like, you know, because it's not like it's one state. It became uh, nationwide to the point where it was becoming global. Um, right. And I think, again, this is uh, solely to carry out an agenda of control. Uh, we cannot unite on anything, which is why everything is separate. Liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. I was mm -hmm. talking to my kids about um, like politician, uh, politics and everything, and it was like, you know, well, why is it? Why does it have to be two different ones? Like, why can't you just have everybody running? You pick a person. Right. Um, and I was like, well, that's a good question. Like, you know, so um, there's no divide there. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone can, I don't know. Let me, let me yeah. No tribes, <laughs> no gangs. Yeah. yeah. Um, no group think. And if you take out critically thinking in, in, in school and you present people with these situations that they'll just be fueled off of emotion and response. They know our triggers. And I think by keeping us divided, we're easier to control. Um, just okay. like they just released uh, the George Floyd or whatever. And, they, and, that, and from the gate, I'm just like, you only see one view. You don't see anything else that's going on. Everybody's out there exactly. with the cameras, but you only see one view. And like, I'm breaking <laughs> it down and thinking. Like, you know, um, and... It just seems like we were presented a narrative and they already knew which one they was going to push. They knew how folks was going to act and they got the response they wanted. It was like they they pushed a button and the output created this chaos. All right. right. 
Now, through that, me personally, uh, I, I know everything is for a reason. And like I say, you follow the money, then you realize George Soros is behind all this. Oh, well, I'm sorry, not behind it. Funding. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get something else started, you know, whatever. But, um, behind the curtain. <laughs> right. You know, um, you, you realize that, that he's, he's funding them and they're carrying out an agenda. And uh, what the agenda is, I don't know yet because there's so many that I'm like filtering through right now. But and, and, and the bottom line is control. Um, and I think that's why they, they keep us divided because we're easily to, we're easy to control that way. We're easy to manipulate. Um, I had a whole point for saying that, which I totally lost. Went down this whole rabbit hole. <laughs> I, can I back up? Can I go on the back of what you said? Cause you brought yeah. something up that I think we, we all see, but I think it, it isn't highlighted and I'm grateful that you mentioned it. So we're so diametrical, right? One thing I think that happens is we're all, there's diametrical views, right? But to what Keith said, once we come together, once we're in a center view and there's a center and there's a chance to, to uh, all of us ha- be on the same ground, uh, what happens is there are there is a marrying of ideals that happens at the center and people come together and have views and they change and say, we need to, to shift this. But at the same time, what isn't being paid attention to is there are also extremists that in that middle ground, they take what they can to go back to the far left or right mm-hmm. as new fuel to go against. They mm-hmm. say, oh, I didn't know about that. That's a new top for me to argue. And mm-hmm. they have no intentions of being like, so there's a false assumption that as we give information and we teach people and reteach, reeducate, that everyone's authentic. And I don't think that's real. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's always extremists and there's always people uh, in pockets with agendas. And and mm-hmm. actually, the more you teach them, the more harmful they are. So that's, mm-hmm. that's just my view. Um, again, to incorporate a scripture, you know, um, not Romans 13 in the sense of, you know, government powers, but <laughs> in a sense of fear of government powers. Do you think it's fair? Like the, 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 the biblical instruction is that a, a man um, that doesn't break the law shouldn't have to fear. Um, so it's encouragement to live a righteous life. It's encouraging, it's encouraging you to do what's right, follow the law, obey the powers that be. Um, because they're they're going to come after people that break the law. Um, outside of, I don't want to call them outliers because that would imply a statistical, you know, factor that I'm yeah. I'm not really aware. But common of. themes, I get what you're saying. Common yeah. themes. Yeah. So, um, any 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 opinion from from the three of you as far as you know taking that as biblical instruction, um, at least within 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 reason or probability, you know that to instruct someone to live a righteous life, you know, to do well, to obey laws, to respect law enforcement or so forth, or is that, is that just the white representative uh, being white? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the truth of that, which you're saying Romans 13 and, and God speaking that if you love God, Right. If you mm-hmm. really, truly have a relationship with God and love God, then you will respect authority and you won't worry. If you're operating in the faith and you're connected to God, this stuff has, doesn't have an effect on you. Right. You might mourn when people are impacted and they're saying, well, why is this happening to me? I'm a God fearing person, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's a part of it. You know, like if you go back to I always refer to Isaiah 45, seven, you know, I bring peace, I bring calamity. I, I cr- bring, I create good and evil. Mm-hmm. I, the Lord do all these things mm-hmm. that should, that should anyone who's thinking right should say, well, this person is above the diametrical opposites. Mm-hmm. This person is above good and evil. 
I better listen to that person, right? I better subscribe to that. You see that with Pharaoh. You see when God comes to Moses and says, you know, uh, Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, right? He tells Pharaoh, in, I mean, uh, Moses in advance, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. That is the person that you want to be afraid of. That's the person you want to subscribe to. And if that's the person that's telling you to fall in line and respect authority because it's ordained by God, mm-hmm. then you listen to it. Render to Caesar with Caesar's, right? You have to listen and follow and be obedient. Now, that's not something that, that people want to hear right now, right? That's not something that you want to hear in a situation where there's uh, revolutions or whatnot, right? right? But th- this is all a part of it. Like, there has to be people that are ignorant, right, that don't listen to God as an example. There also has to be people that are God-fearing and understand that God put us in a situation, right? And all you have to do is trust God. It's a matter of trust, mm-hmm. right? This whole time, I've tried to stay in the middle and trust God. I never voted ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm here, you know? I didn't rely on politics. I'm not saying that I got here by my might. I'm trying to say that living in fear and understand that God's in control. And if, and if it's up to God and he wanted to doom you, he could, cause he's God. That's not an easy pill for most people to swallow basically, right. Right. but that's true fear. You know, fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. That's true fear to understand that God is above all of it. Right. Joseph's uh, story, for example, God's above all of it. At the end of the day, what people forget doesn't matter what's working. Just because something's working now doesn't mean it's going to work in the end. What's most important is how it ends. Mm-hmm. And so if you stick to God, you will end right, right? Remember, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. So Sullivan asked for wisdom. But if you know the scriptures, he died corrupt, right? How did he end, right? He had wisdom all his life. Riches mm-hmm. doesn't matter because he died in the end corrupt. So you have to think with finality in mind. And if you're going to think with finality in mind, you got to love God and listen to what God wants you to do, which is to respect authority, which is not something that's necessarily even talked about, not even in the church. I don't even often hear it talked about. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, except for when it's obeying the authority of the church. Um, yeah. I'll just add that, add that little jab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but man, I definitely appreciate that. And, um, you know, to, to, I'll say wrap up, you know, on a biblical note, cause I think we get, I don't want to say a bad rap, but we get, um, you know, to be a, a Christian, um, you know, podcast and discussion, you know, um, you know, why are they talking about this or this is more political or whatever the case may be. Um, but I've said on several other topics, but it's what's facing us right now. It's what it's the world that we're living in as Christians. And we're trying to navigate like this clip. You've 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 either been on one of those sides trying to have a discussion or you've been witness to it. And either way, it's it's a it's a a turbulent force, you know, like a whirlwind, you know, going through society that you sh- you should try to stay out of. You should sh- try to avoid best you can. Um, but you did a great job wrapping it up on a biblical note as well. So um, I think uh, uh, many, if not all, topics are relevant to discuss from a Christian perspective, um, from a wholesome, righteous perspective, period, um, no matter the re- religion, you know. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's nice you know, to find biblical context, if that makes sense. I kind of had to think that through, but um, without, cause I know a lot of people might see the, the topic and if it's the average, you know, Christian, you know, discourse, then they took elements of society or history or statistics or whatever. And they turned it into a Bible study about things that are so farly disconnected that it really isn't even about the modern day situation. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't, like, yeah. like hyper-religious, you know, 
Um, I know so, people will lose their faith just realizing that Christ wasn't white, right? As soon as they find out that, they're like, uh-oh. All right, I no. don't believe in God anymore. That's it. You just lost you know your invitation I mean? back, buddy. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not like, like anyone, I guess the context should be, mm-hmm. I was raised in war, so I have a very Afrocentric view mm-hmm. of history and religion. I'm not at all political. I'm not at all like hate field or anything. And I've been able to view it from my own unique point of view. And a lot of the arguments that the, I saw the girl uh, discuss, I kind of had it with my dad too, when he had like Farrakhan views or certain views thrown down on me. And I'm like, nah, pop, you know, that's not the case. Right. And so I, I have a different, I guess I'd say perspective of it, but like a lot of people just, I guess I'd say their the way that their culture and their identity is based on a lie. And once that gets unraveled, they're not going to have, they're not going to have an identity anymore. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's a shame. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, People don't have ideas. Ideas have people, you know? Yeah. Um, So anyway, but look, we'll wrap up and definitely have you back for the other discussions we've talked about so far. Um, I really appreciate you doing this and uh, look forward to more. Absolutely. Thank you. Cool. All right, guys. Um, well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, obviously the comment section or 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 axtone42.com. Uh, um, so thank you very much. And um, yeah, let us know what you thought. Other than that, see you guys later. <laughs>